Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision-free big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, December 1st, and we're reading from the big book, the forward to the second edition. We're on page XVII, and we're reading the fourth paragraph, starting with... Um, with starting with with the appearance of the new book and ending with 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. All right, our readers today. So we got for the steps. We got Stephanie R. Marie M is going to take care of the traditions. Larry K starting off uh, the reading today. Page 164 is Loretta H. Um, back uh, back up. Forget that. Newcomer greeters, Marge O, and second hour host is Ann A. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, November 30th, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting, 20,892, 20,892, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 20,893. The OA preamble, OA readers anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who share experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, always fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through the abstinence and the practice of 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I've asked Stephanie R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Stephanie R. from Missouri. Here are 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
Thanks, Stephanie. Next up is Anne Marie with the traditions. Good morning. This is Anne Marie M. Recovered in South Carolina. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should be remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never endorse, never be drawn to public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Anne-Marie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absolute requirement for moderators is one year, and readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the direction of the big book mean to us. To press to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We're going to uh, forward to the second edition, the fourth paragraph. And we're starting off with uh, with the appearance of the new book, ending with 800 alcoholics were on their, on their way to recovery. And I've asked Larry Kay to get us rolling. Good morning, Russ. That's Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Uh, Dr. Henry Emerson Fosdick, the uh, noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Ausler, uh, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the New York office, which meanwhile had been established. 
Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up, and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. So, um, you know, here, here we read about the excitement and, and the hope during the infancy of this movement, a spiritual solution to uh, the disease of mind and body and alcoholism. They, they never had anything along these lines, and, and now they're, they're putting it out to the world. And can you imagine for a moment, I was thinking if Bill and, and other early folks could be transported to uh, December 1st, 2023, be on the line with us this morning, they, they'd see a renaissance of recovery they'd see also that excitement and hopes in something called Overeaters Anonymous. I think it'd be astonishing to them. But as we learned about um, in the paragraph about the, the importance of early support from non-alcoholics, right? So, for example, uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick, uh, he was the, uh, the, the founding minister of, of uh, Riverside Church in, uh, in New York City. And, and he was, he was uh, highly regarded. In fact, um, even at that time, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, said uh, of him that, that he was the greatest preacher of the century. So this guy was a big deal in the, in the, in the spiritual world at that time. And, and of course, uh, Fulton Ausler, he was an American journalist. He was a, a playwright, editor, as we see. He was a writer. He wrote some, some, some interesting books. And in the fall of 1939, we see that as the editor of uh, Liberty Magazine, you know, he printed that piece you know, alcoholics and God, and, and, and people took notice of it. Um, and so now these inquiries were pouring in from around the country. And remember, the big book, you know, largely written in New Jersey, you know, at the Honors Dealer, Honor Dealer's Office, 17 William Street in Newark, and, and you can see where, where that is. We, a lot of times we have our convention in that area, so you can see where that was. And, you know, providing an official home for the fellowship was a, a project that was undertaken by the Alcoholic Foundation, and in 1940, you know, we had the Committee of Trustees. There was a, uh, they moved to a modest two-room office. Uh, it was in the downtown financial district of New York. Of course, Bill and, and Hank had kind of a falling out, and, and that was uh, where they moved the headquarters. And in no time, you know, this little office was swamped as the 1940s ushered in a period of expansive growth. And here's one of the things that Bill said as they handled the inquiries, because it was basically him and Ruth. And he said, you know, at first we pawed at random through the mass of letters, laughing, crying by turns. You know, how could this heartbreaking mail be answered? It, it was a cinch that Ruth and I could never do it alone. And that's Bill's words. And they, and they conceived of a central office as like the heart of AA, where they could answer thousands of pleas for help as they flowed in. And then they would coordinate 12-step calls by guiding recovered members, often, you know, traveling businessmen to prospective new folks. And the idea was that with the literature and word of mouth, newcomers would uh, learn about, about how to, thanks, Ruth, just wrapping up, how to get and stay well. And, and, and follow this instruction manual. So, and it sounds familiar to me because we, you know, similarly, I was astonished when a vision for you was launched some, you know, over 10 years ago. And I was astonished when the pandemic took hold about three years ago. 
you know, what, what might we be astonished in the coming years regard to this uh, spiritual program of action? So uh, just wrapping up, it fills my heart with gratitude that, that, you know, lots of people today are on their road to recovery, just like at the end of 1939. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Larry. All right, we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And uh, although we value experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day so others can share their experience too. So if you shared uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and allow others to get a shot to share. Who would like to share? Penny C. Penny. Alice W. Alice. Riska R. Riska. Mary L. Is that Mary? Kelly B. Mary. Yes. Kelly B. All right, we'll get to the first initial of your last name later. Kelly B, who else? We have ample time. Getting quiet on me. Okay, so let's let's go with this list first. We got Penny C, Alice W, Riska R, Mary, Kelly B. All right. Penny, you're right. Oh, okay. I was unmuting. Thank you, Russ. Good to hear you again in the month of December. Um, um, yeah, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, Penny C, uh, in the Boston area, and um, a grateful long-time member. When I read this paragraph, I'm, I'm just uh, impressed with how God uses people. Um, I remember I was born in 1939, and I can remember as a little girl watching my father, who was an avid reader, reading books by Fulton Outlaw. In fact, we got Liberty Magazine in our house. Um, so what I know about Outlaw is that he was agnostic. Um, he brought his children up with no religion. They, he and his wife had no religion at all until in 1935 they decided to take a trip to the Holy Land, and that's where they both began to believe in God. They saw God's works there, and then they came back to course, to the states, and um, and so that it evolved that in 1939. Yeah, he wrote that article which really caused a lot of positive um, publicity for for what was then going to be the big book. And how God used this agnostic to actually be ahead the, the um, sending out of these books. And that was, and the paragraph tells us that you could spread it by mail. And so I always knew that the big book being sent out by mail was 350 And I can remember thinking, well, they wanted to make it cheap so that, you know, everybody would buy it. But the truth is that in 1939, $3.50 was equal to what $50 is today. So it wasn't easy, really, to pay for this book. And yet, so many copies were it, – it, it was – it was so um, impressive that so many 
people would pay that much to have it sent out to them. And so the bottom line for me is how God uses people, the least the least of which we think is going to make a mark. And so, you know, in 1935, before Pope Pinal was took that trip to the Holy Land, he had no no idea of ever writing an article which would be called Alcoholics and God. And so I look at the people in my life and myself and how God can use us. Even, even when we least expect, God puts uh, us in a position to help other people. And uh, I'm just so grateful, and I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Next up is Alice W. followed by Ruth Gilmore. Oh, hi there. I'm Alice W. from North Yorkshire in the UK. Compulsive reader. I'm so nervous. My defect of self-centeredness, um, fear, self-centered fear makes me really scared of sharing. I haven't done it for such a long time. I had four hours sleep and I've got a stonking cold. So I thought it was a brilliant idea to share now. So it's obviously going to be great that comes out of my mouth. Um, but I just wanted to share and pipe up and just uh, say that, you know, with all of this time, you know, going back all that time, and it just shows, you know, it actually works. I remember me saying to a sponsor uh, sort of 20 years ago, but it's not, it can't, I can't get it. I just can't get it. Years, you know, relapsed. I just can't get it. And she just said, what makes you so special and different that you can't? And, you know, all these people, all these people, that you know, that started it, written about it. And what it is, is a miracle. And actually, it's been going on, these thoughts, way before 1939. It's just written in this way. And people are carrying the message and doing service. And this, for me, is, is God's miracle that it's the miraculous thing that, like, how desperate, desperate I was in the disease and I can get abstinent from that and not that but neutrality um and with my defects there's certain defects of character that I'm really struggling with and I have hope that they will get better by God's miracle and there are loads of defects that I thought were impossible genuinely impossible to ever be relieved and they have um really and that's amazing um so I'm just uh I'm very grateful. I just, um, I just think, wow, you know, the history of it, the amount of people that got this recovery, and I just thought, well, no, not me. <laughs> I was talking to a fellow this morning, and I was just, and and you know, she's struggling and kind of worried, and and I said, well, you know, look at all these people, and look at all these years, and Zoom. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, um, that got me abstinent, you know, get, finding Zoom and getting back into a pro- program that way and the evolving of this fellowship. Um, and there's, there's obviously there's a big part of me that doesn't like change, but thank goodness for that change um, and the internet for that, you know. <laughs> so um, I'm very grateful to Zoom. I'm very grateful to this and speaking to people all in America and all these like, different time zones. And that's just crazy. Um, so... Yeah, I just wanted to open my mouth, basically, and get over my self-centered fear of um, sounding like an idiot and, uh, (laughs) you know, being judged and blah, 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 and all that. And that's just my head. It's my ego. It's all the things that are part of my disease that comes up. And, uh, you know, it's a daily reprieve. Someone said yesterday they wake up drunk, you know. 
it, a drunk, you know, that that's that's me. Um, so I'm just really grateful there's so many like-minded people um, and really, yeah, all of this. Because I get scared of talking about the history of stuff, but Fine. yeah, just thank you. That's just my, my take on it. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Alice, next up is Riska R, followed by Mary. I believe Good morning, Mary. everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Russ, for your service. And um, thank you, all, everyone, for your shares. I'm going to have to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, right on board with all of that and, you know, being afraid of looking like an idiot. But um, it, it, it is it's all ego, and I, and I just... Well, first of all, I'm, I'm Rifka R. I'm a uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore, and um just so happy to be here together with all of you. Um, so the, and, you know, when Larry said, you know, how to get and stay well, like that's recovery, getting and staying well. And the, the word that jumped out at me was painstakingly. And um, I had an experience, um, I you know, I usually do some exercises in the morning, and but a few years ago, I was told to do some some neck exercises, and um, I stopped doing those neck ex- exercises because they're they they're uncomfortable and actually sometimes really excruciating to do. So I stopped doing them, and a few um, in the beginning of the week, I was in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, I. I was in excruciating pain. I tr- tried to turn over, and I I couldn't. I my I, I couldn't lift my neck up. I got panicked. You know, I had to use a pillow to like lift my head up, and and I was in such excruciating pain for for a couple for a few days. I mean, I, it's been you know not out of the woods yet, but it, but it's a lot better. But what happened was I realized, you know what? I stopped doing those neck exercises. I stopped doing the things that I was told was going to strengthen and stabilize my neck, so I wouldn't go through this excruciating pain. And I started doing the exercises again, and it was excruciating. excruciating. I have to do them in the morning and at night, and like they can make me nauseous, and it's hard. And and I thought, wow, you know, some this is, but this is going to make me better. And actually, I woke up a lot less in pain today because of it. And I was thinking, wow, look at what they did. They painstakingly took care of, you know, they they just did what they had to do. They, all these alcoholics wrote in, 800 alcoholics, and they're by themselves, and they just painstakingly wrote letters and sent them books and did whatever they had to do and left the, the results up to God. Um, and maybe they didn't, I mean, of course they didn't know it was going to happen and what a miracle it was going to bring to everybody's lives, millions and millions of people recovering from this seemingly hopeless state of, you know, that that we were in. And I know in the beginning, like giving up the food, like the thought of it was excruciating. Like how in the world was I going to give up this thing that was holding me up, was giving me, giving life excitement and color and all the things that I wanted and how I was going to give that up. It was excruciating. It seemed like, you know, I was on like one side of the Grand Canyon and everyone was, all these recovered people were on the other side and right. celebrating and being happy. And I, I, I would never get there, but thank God. Thank God, thank God, doing what I needed to do every day keeps me in a place for sanity and stability, and I can be on that other side. So thanks for letting me share, and have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you, Riska. Next up is Mary, I believe, I think it was Mary L. followed by Kelly B. 
So I want Mary. Okay, here we go. Mary L. here. Thank you very much. Thank you for all your shares so far. Um, when I heard this and read this, I just thought about how, uh, about getting the word out and how different it is now and how many more sources of media we are competing with and how many more people um, have been introduced to this program. And I'm grateful for, for all of them. Um, and I just know, I, I think what one of the other fellows has said, though, that one of our best ways of getting the word out is to recover, recover, recover. And that one-on-one -on -one, uh, contact with people and being an example of of recovery uh, is is what we've got. And if we have other things, uh, books and online things that, that help us out and some attention in the media um, that brings us to other people's attention that supports our actions. Uh, I think just recover, recover, recover and and being an example is one of the strongest things we've got. But I'm grateful that this book got written and and there are directions there that help guide people of many addictions. So I'm grateful to be here today and thank you for everyone else for sharing. Next up is Kelly B, then we'll take him out of this. Good morning. Uh, this is Kelly B from New York. And um, the part of the reading that really stood out to me this morning was on the way to recovery. I'm a little over 30 days into um, entire, complete, sometimes it felt a little brutal, abstinence. And I'm really grateful for that. But when I started working with my sponsor this most recent time through the big book, I, I really wanted the promises that were in the big book. But I said to my sponsor, I, I just don't think this is for me. Um, terminally unique, right? And uh, um, my sponsor was so kind about it. And she said, well, let's, let's just try it. Do you believe that it has worked for me? I said, yes. And um, I just struggled so much with hope um, and in feeling like I could have this. I, I hear recovery on this line so much. And I, I could honestly say, I want what you have. I just, I struggled so much with having any sort of hope and faith. And um, the last two days, I was able to complete my fifth step. And uh, it felt like a, like a shop vac, uh, vacuuming out my soul in, in like a really good way, but also ouch. And, um, and this morning when we read this reading and it said on the way to recovery, um, numbers are hard. So I think it was like 83 years ago that this was written, if I did that math, right? And, and I was just thinking, wow, I had like a beautiful spark of, I think, I think I'm on my way. Like I had that first little bit of faith and hope that you can, these promises, these amazing promises in this book actually can, can happen. They can take place. And, and I'm not recovered yet. I'm not working on stick six and seven, but I have just a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope 
And I think that's all it takes and some action, a lot of action. And so thank you for everybody who's a witness and helps um, those of us that are on our way to the recovery. And uh, with that, I'll pass. All right, Kelly, thank you. So let me let you know where we're at again. We are in the fourth to the second edition, the fourth paragraph. And it's starting with the appearance of the new book, ending with 800 alcoholics are on their way to recovery. So we're going to open up the line for sharing again. And if you share the past couple of days, please step back and let others share. Give them a shot. Right, who would like to share on this? Anita L. Linda D. Linda. Who else? Carmella G. Carmella. John M. All right, John. Who else? Who else? Stephanie R. Anne Marie M. Stephanie R. Anne Marie. Who else? All right, let's go with this, and then we'll see what we got. Again, maybe it takes us to the end. I'm not counting here. So we've got Anita L, Linda D, Camarilla G, John M, Stephanie R, and Marie M. Anita L, you are up. Hi, did you say my name, Russ? You are it's up, a- yep. Okay, great, thanks. Um, I did share on Tuesday, but today would be the third day, so I think no, it's you're okay. good, you're good. Okay, you thanks. Go. Thanks, Russ, for your service yep. as well. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. And um, first of all, I said the set aside prayer this morning before I meditated that, you know, please help me to set aside everything I think I know about whatever. And and I did say, and the big book. And so here I have learned two things that I didn't know before um and the and the big one was about dr harry fosdick uh how he was an agnostic i didn't know that at all and and the history that was shared by a couple people already today so you know i had an open mind to set aside everything i think i knew and i learned and uh what i mainly wanted to share is that at the second vision for you convention uh the the first edition of the big book was being sold and they were giving also this little booklet that went with it if anybody i'm sure people on the line had bought it then and so i had it for like five years and never read it or four years something like that and then the pandemic came and we were all inside and so during the summer every night I would take that first edition out and I read the stories in in the back you know after the first third after page 164 and the very last 
story, this is why I wanted to share, because it said uh, that the message could be transmitted by mail. The last story was about the mother of an alcoholic son who just kept his disease was progressing and progressing. And so she heard about AA or Dr. Silkworth anyway and his message and she wrote to him and um, he must have given his this letter to Bill Wilson and Bill sent this mother a copy of the um, the draft of the big book it wasn't published yet it was about to go to the publisher and he sent her this copy and he said give this to your son and um they didn't hear anything back at all and so then uh, i think it was 10 months later bill got a letter from the son saying that he was in a rehab and um he read the book and he got well so he had no contact with any member of AA. He only had the book and he got well and then he shared the book with the other patients in the, in the rehab. So anyway, and then it grew and I cried and cried. <laughs> it's very, very inspiring. So I pass that on. Take care. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Anita. Next up is Linda D. Followed by Carmela G. Good morning, everybody. My name is Linda D. I live in Central Connecticut, and I'm so grateful, so very grateful to be with you and to be recovered. But I'm not cured, so I'm here to save my life. The thing I want to say is that um, I only have what I am what I live, and um, I live this book. This book saved my life because it gave me a relationship with a higher power. Um, It has guided me, this relationship has guided me for years and years and years through all kinds of good things and all kinds of crises. And yet, uh, I live in a wonderful old neighborhood, big old houses. I live alone, on my own, 79 years old. I take care of this place with the help of my neighbor. It's unbelievable. If you saw me doing it from a wheelchair, you wouldn't believe it. I didn't say that for pity. I said that for this works in rough going. I can walk, but it's easier to sit in this rollator, it's called, it's a walker, and tool around in the kitchen. That used to be, my kitchen used to be um, a, a very dangerous place. And now I just uh, talk to God and I listen to the truth. What do you want me to do next? And if I did that long enough, and I do it a lot, sooner or later I hear the truth. It's inside. I didn't know I had God inside. It says it in the book, but it's difficult to find it. So all I do is I keep practicing 
and keep listening to you, and I keep being a student. I stop being a smart ass. I stop being an intellectual. This is about love. This is entirely about the unifying love that holds this universe together. And it's inside. The way to it is through these steps and this book and you wonderful, wonderful people. I love you. I need you very much. Thank you for teaching me every day. I pass. Uh, Linda, thank you. Carmel G's up next, followed by John M. Hi, Carmela G, gracefully recovered for today from New York. This paragraph reminded me of when I first entered vision, um, and and that's not that's just it's under ten years ago, um, and there were a thousand members on the member list and how through working which is step 12 working sharing how all of us are functioning the way these men shared only we today in my estimation have it a lot easier we have such technology We can dial a phone. We can be in the comfort of our home. Uh, We can have face-to-face meetings. There are so many opportunities. And it's all because this core group of men, this handful, because 800 may seem like a lot, but not in today's standards didn't even realize how far they were going to reach and how many, not just alcoholics, but debtors, narcotics, food, all the addictions followed their wonderful work with the simple instructions to connect with God, and get out of self. And as we say in program, this is simple, but not easy. We must do the work. And that is our job as compulsive addicts and who want recovery and joy because our higher power wants us to have that joy. And this book helps us, gives us the direction And all we have to do is work it. So with that, I pass. And thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Carmela. Before John jumps on, let me let you know where we're at again. We're in the forward of the second edition. Uh, Page. It's XVII, fourth paragraph, with the appearance of the the new book, ending with 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. All right, John, you're up. Uh, John M. from South Carolina. Warm welcome to all the beautiful souls on this call. Uh, the, the, these people are also an inspiration 
as well as the program, they make the program, and to hear their voices of recovery is just wonderful. I'm hopeful uh, today because uh, I know that this program will eventually work for me if I cooperate and if I exert my will, and that's on me if I'm not exerting my will. Can't blame God for that. God respects my will, and I appreciate that. And and the people on the call do too. So uh, I'm I'm hopeful, and, and I feel like I'm getting there. I can see the signs. Food is becoming less and less important to me, and my relationship with God is becoming more and more important to me. So uh, I'm on the right track. Uh, my train's a little slow. Some drive in a fast train. I'm in a slow train. So that's on me too. I uh, just wanted to share for the people on this line who are experiencing some kind of uh, despair. Uh, don't give up. Wait until the miracle happens. It will happen for all of us. This is not something that only happens for the tough-minded people on the line. So hang in there, do your best, and gobble to the rest. Thanks for letting me share. All right, there, John. Next up is Stephanie R. Called by Anne Marie. Good morning, all. Um, very, very grateful to be able to share. And just to say that uh, when I came into the program, I was so very broken and sad and didn't have any direction. It was all about the food and me and my self-centeredness. And the gift of the program and, and the gift of being in a recovered state is that um, I never knew the joy I would have from having gratitude. Gratitude that I have a relationship with a higher power. I came in very much agnostic, but I have a wonderful relationship with a power greater than myself that gives me direction in everything I do. And I also am so very grateful that um, it was through this program that I truly found my voice and learned what it was to be authentically me. I was always trying to fit a mold of what other people I assume wanted me to be. And now it's just okay for me to have a voice that is not right all the time. And thank God I don't have to be. And it's not very um, insightful or informative all the time. But it has my authentic self expressed. And I'm so very grateful because I never thought I needed that. I thought I just needed to be a chameleon and fit in where um, I wanted to be a part of. And now I just feel a part of because I'm in this program and you accept me for me and I can be me. And thank you for giving me that gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Stephanie. Next up is Anne Marie M. And I think we'll, we'll be able to take some more. Good morning, uh, Russ. This is Anne Marie M. in South Carolina gratefully recovered through God's grace and by working the steps found in this big book. And uh, I, too, appreciate the the history that's been told and that is told, you know, um, many people share um, what how this book came uh, to being. And it brings a book alive to me. It really does. And I, um, and I enjoyed hearing the story of... Um, 
how Bill uh, gave uh, the book to a mother. The book wasn't even totally written, you know. And um, oh, what a change in Bill, you know, from what we knew when we read, when I read Bill's story and I I heard that um, the, the selfish person that he was, and uh, miraculously he changed into thinking maybe maybe this thing will work for other people too you know oh gosh this book is divinely written i believe it's divinely written and i i can't see how anyone else uh how, how people can't you know if anyone doesn't believe that it's hard for me to believe that they can't believe um and that following the directions precisely in this book anyone anyone can get recovered um I thought I was unique in that I wasn't going to be able to get recovered because it took me years and years of trying, of going through the steps, one sponsor after another after another. And it took what it took, and I am recovered today, gratefully, uh, miraculously, through God's grace. And um, it, it got to the point where I had to get desperate enough and... I had to have a desire to want to have a relationship with God. Um, I had got, you know, I would get abstinent many, many times, but I could not stay abstinent. And in order for me to stay abstinent, my relationship with God has to stay strong. I'll pass. Thanks. Russ. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Amory. Got you. All right. So I think we have we have time for three. Three more shares. Who would like to share on this? Marjo from Massachusetts. Marge. <clears throat> Who else? Now we're getting close to maybe two and a half shares. <laughs> Who else is going? Come on, there's plenty of people on the line. We could get one more in there, at least one more. Who would like to share on it? Reggie O. Julie right, Reggie. H. So we'll, from North Carolina. Reggie O. So let me see where we're at, Julie. <clears throat> Hopefully we can get you in. All right, March, you're up. Hi, everybody. Ma Jo from Massachusetts, gratefully recovered. And hopefully I'll just take one and a half minutes, but I just wanted to say what a wonderful meeting, but also my gratitude for this program. I, until I came to program, I was in my middle to late 30s. I was in such a food fog, I couldn't even tell you what, what, what the actual date was. But I was so relieved, so relieved to find out there wasn't... Um, you know that that there were other people who who thought and ate food the way that I did, and that I could never keep the weight off. I've spent my whole young life being hungry, not because people wouldn't feed me or my family wouldn't feed me. I was a chunky kid. I was eating plenty, but I didn't know all about the allergy or the obsession of the mind. And, you know, we get here when we get here, but I will be eternally grateful for that first speaker that I heard in that very first meeting I went to 
in Nord, Massachusetts. And just so grateful. So with that, I will pass. And thanks, everybody, for your service. Thanks, Marge. Next up is Reggie, followed by Julie, hey. if we can do this right. Yep. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thanks for your service. My name is Reggie O. And the the word that really stands out for me in this passage is message and how the how the message was carried. And I was thinking about our message today and vision for you is that you can recover. And this was the promise. You know, this this has been the promise throughout, I think, that has grown and mushroomed our program as to what it is. And that message can be carried in so many ways. I I'm 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 so deeply grateful for reading the you know, the preface again and to listen to our history because it does, you know, it does take a history. And I I I remember, you know, and you know, part of that history is that us in no way and vision have come from this history. And I was, um, I picked up an OA 12 and 12 the other day, and I just thought it was really interesting. I remembered when it first came out, and there was something on the last page that really struck me, and it says that we are, uh, we, we not only carry the message, but we are the message, you know, and I think about how that comes through, like, I got the message on the telephone, you know, by the spirit and someone's voice when I said, I had thought, God, I'm an alcoholic with food. I didn't know there was any, you know, I didn't know there was any program for it. And it showed up, you know, in my life in the next two or three weeks. And, you know, and I think about, you know, Bill talks about uh, when Ebby came in and there was something about his eyes, you know. So there it, there are just so many ways to carry this message. And I, I was in Georgia. I didn't know there were any meetings around anywhere visiting my family. And somebody had told me about the vision meeting. I listened to it. And there was something about your voices that made me want to do more, you know. And I came back and started listening at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning before the, you know, before the California meeting was started. So it's, it's, I just appreciate the way the message is carried and our message, you know, and to remember that is you can recover. And I'll pass with that. All right. Thank you, Reggie. Next up is Julie H. Hey, good morning. This is Julie H. from North Carolina. I'll be quick. Um, I just wanted to let my voice be heard. I'm new to OA, sort of. I came in in February, and I just celebrated six months of abstinence. And uh, like we said earlier, I think my train is finally on the right track. Um, and I, I love this group. I love the consistency. Um, and I love the fact that we work with the big book. Um, and I know that to be part of this group, I need to share and do service. And so that's all they wanted to do today was to connect with you all by sharing. Thanks, and I'll pass. All right there, Julie. Thank you. Let me look. At, we have time, I think. Uh, for what we could do, one more maybe? Maybe? Yet, Two minutes? Okay, hi. Hi, Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I also liked the line where it said um, about sending the message, giving the message. I love the story about uh, the draft. Um, but uh, what, what I thought when I first came in to uh, Overeaters Anonymous was carrying the message was trapping people in a grocery line behind me. 
that had that was obviously overweight and had all sorts of goodies in their um, their basket. And I said, uh, oh, yeah, my basket used to look like that too. But then I found this group called Overeaters Anonymous. And now I lost 100 pounds. And, uh, you know, that it <laughs> so that's what I thought carrying the message was and uh, that we are the message. And um, so anyway, I do definitely look at things a lot differently today. And I'm glad about that. I'm returning after um, a kind of about a three-year hiatus, um, thinking I could do things my way. And uh, got myself a sponsor a little bit ago, and I'm on the right track again. Thanks for being here, and I'm really glad you're here. Uh, thank you for letting me share. All right, thank you. We still have we have time for actually one more. People are being so nice. We have about a minute and a half. Who would like to share on that? Samia J in Delaware. Okay, Samia, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for your service. I just wanted to let my voice be heard and also to share. Um, and and I also, I liked in this paragraph um, where it says each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out among existing groups were referred to these pros, prospective newcomers. Um, so I, I'm always, I as a chronic relapser in the past, I, I never feel like I have something to offer. I always feel like I'm a newcomer. But, I mean, according to this paragraph, even the newcomers were of service. So, we, you know, we all have something to offer. And, um, you, you know, no matter whether we're in relapse, whether we're recovered, whether we're new to the lines, everybody who can identify with this disease has a voice and, and has something to share. And so I just wanted to open my mouth and, and share what I do have for today. Thank you so much for letting me share our past. All right. Thank you very much. So that you're going to be our last, Samia is going to be our last share. And now we're going to, uh, you can um, stick around if you'd like to share for an un, next unrecorded uh, hour of study. Um, also, the share ID today for Friday, December 1st, 2023, is 20,897-20897. And now we're going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164 with the letter H, and then we're going to hit the serenity prayer. Good morning, Russ, and good morning all along with my precious God who is saving my life, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.